Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Tuesday, July 28th. I'm Wayne Pratt. The showdown between Cori Bush and Lacey Clay for Missouri's 1st Congressional District is one of the more high-profile Democratic primaries on the August 4th ballot. There's no candidate in this race uh, that can point to any accomplishments that they've done for the black community but me. I'm ready to become America's first black congresswoman from the state of Missouri. It's black history, it's St. Louis history, it's Missouri history, and it's U.S. history. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum profiles the first district contest. Also, our Rachel Lippman examines the Democratic primary for city treasurer. We'll have those reports in just a few minutes. St. Louis County and city leaders are taking action to slow the spread of coronavirus. St. Louis Public Radio's Kayla Drake explains what is being done to stop businesses from defying public health rules. The city will close a few bars and nightclubs that did not enforce patrons to wear masks or social distance. St. Louis Mayor Lida Krusen says the city health department is issuing letters that order those businesses closed for two weeks. We're trying to avoid shutting down a whole classification of businesses. We don't think that's the fair thing to do. Krusen says she hopes the closures serve as a warning to other businesses. Her office declined to release the names or exact number of bars that are being closed. St. Louis County announced new restrictions to take effect Friday. Those limit gatherings to 50 people, reduce business occupancy to 25 percent, and mandate all bars to close by 10 p.m. every night. I'm Kayla Drake, St. Louis Public Radio. Officials in St. Charles County are issuing a plea that all businesses require customers to wear cloth face coverings. The request comes amid a spike in COVID-19 cases over the past few weeks. The county is not implementing a mask mandate. St. Charles County Executive Steve Ellman says businesses should, quote, have the freedom to make the decision. The request is in a news release from Ellman, area mayors, and local chambers of commerce in St. Charles County. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker says the state is doing a good job to increase the number of COVID-19 tests but he's worried about the laboratory capacity to analyze those tests. Pritzker says Illinois only has three state-run labs which can handle up to 8,000 tests per day. Since about 40,000 tests are being performed daily, commercial labs both in and out of state are being utilized. At labs across the nation, there are only so many machines. There are only so many technicians who can run those machines for so many hours during the day. Pritzker says commercial labs are being overwhelmed with tests from states with big spikes in coronavirus cases. That could lead to longer wait times for results, which the governor points out will make it more difficult to determine outbreaks and take quick action. He made those comments yesterday during a stop in Quincy. The St. Louis Development Corporation wants the public to weigh in on a framework for equitable economic development in the city. As St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff reports, it lays out goals to keep people in St. Louis, increase wages, and grow jobs. 
Over the last decade, St. Louis has had big wins on projects like building up Cortex and landing the new National Geospatial Intelligence Agency's Western headquarters. But SLDC Executive Director Otis Williams says the city needed a master plan to connect projects and ensure economic development happens all over the city. He says the framework sets goals to reduce vacancy rates and increase homeownership, particularly for black residents who are leaving St. Louis at higher rates than whites. What we're trying to do is increase household wealth and eventually to support population growth in the city. And so in order to do that, we've got to change the way that we're doing business. Residents have until the end of August to weigh in on the framework and provide suggestions at the city's website. I'm Corinne Ruff, St. Louis Public Radio. The Clay family has represented Missouri's first congressional district since the late 1960s. Incumbent Lacey Clay contends that experience helps the St. Louis region. Democratic challenger Cori Bush believes she can deliver the change needed for the district that includes St. Louis and St. Louis County. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports. The Clay-Bush contest is a classic election about change versus experience. Bush contends that she would be a vibrant voice in Congress to push for expanded health care access and tougher environmental regulations. And Bush says she can deliver the same energy for overhauling policing practices that she brought while demonstrating in Ferguson. The type of leadership that that will be bold for us, the type of leadership that will get maced and beaten, um, but one that will also take it a step further. People are looking at it like, wow, you can do more than one thing. You can chew gum and walk at the same time. Clay says he's in a better position to accomplish things for the first district. He's a senior member of the House Financial Services Committee and the House Oversight Committee. And he points to his advocacy to change policing policy, including diversifying police departments. The black community is tired of having racist cops who come from racist communities patrolling their neighborhoods. They need to be able to identify with people that look like them, that understand them. This is the second election cycle in a row where Clay and Bush have squared off. Clay won soundly in 2018, but Bush has raised much more money this time around. In addition to getting endorsements from prominent politicians like Bernie Sanders, Bush notes that she's more well-known thanks to her appearance in the Netflix documentary, Knock Down the House. I'm ready to become America's first black congresswoman from the state of Missouri. It's black history, it's St. Louis history, it's Missouri history, and it's U.S. history. In order to make that history, though, Bush will have to convince black voters to cast their ballots for someone other than Clay. Black voters in North St. Louis and North St. Louis County have stuck with either Lacey Clay or his father Bill Clay for more than 50 years. There's no candidate in this race uh, that can point to any accomplishments that they've done for the black community but me. The winner of the first district Democratic primary will almost certainly head to Congress next year since winning the August 4th contest is tantamount to election in the overwhelmingly Democratic district. I'm Jason Rosenbaum. St. Louis Public Radio. In St. Louis, the treasurer is in charge of banking functions. But as St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman reports, next week's 2020 Democratic primary for the office is focusing mostly on its state-mandated role in parking. In 2012, incumbent Tashara Jones and her challenger, Jeffrey Boyd, both promised to revamp the treasurer's office. Jones specifically promised to shift parking responsibilities elsewhere. 
Eight years later, the treasurer still handles parking, and that bothers Boyd, the alderman from the 22nd Ward. She is spending hundreds of thousands of our taxpayer dollars fighting to keep it within the treasurer's office all the way up to the Supreme Court. Boyd is referring to a lawsuit he joined in 2017 challenging the constitutionality of state laws, giving parking oversight to the treasurer. A judge struck them down in 2018, but the ruling isn't yet final. Jones says she looked into changing those state laws, but found that moving parking responsibility out of her office would harm the city's credit rating. The city would have to absorb the debt, uh, which is currently at about $65 million. Um, And then also the city would have to absorb additional employees as well as pay for those employees. The dispute boils down to money. State law says the treasurer must give the city no more than 40 percent of the parking revenue that's left over after debts like bonds for parking garages are paid. Removing that limit means millions more for the city's budget, says Boyd. That money could be better used for city services, like making sure our streets, our roads and bridges are safe to travel, that our first responders would have adequate resources when they respond. Jones argues that in her two terms as treasurer, the city has made more money from its investments than from parking. And she says she also kept her promise to ask banks to do more for the city. And those two promises have yielded more money and more influence and, and more good things for city, uh, city residents than just who runs the parking division. Whoever wins the August 4th Democratic primary will face Republican and Green Party challengers in November. I'm Rachel Lipman, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report and the one from Jason Rosenbaum. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.